This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Real EFL League 2 podcast. The cup competitions seems to be the talk of the town today after the League Cup final today. The FA Cup fifth round set to begin this week and the Bristol Street Motors Trophy finalists now having been decided. However, we're still here giving you all of those League 2 insights you want after another exciting day up and down the table. From Stockport's failure to win again to Forest Green Rovers putting themselves back in contention for a League 2 spot next season, this weekend really did see us all. I'm your host today, Charlie Beeston. And if you like what you hear, please let us know. Share us, give us a good review, all of that sort of fun stuff. Having games to talk about this week as Barrow versus Bradford was postponed. However, I couldn't talk about 11 games alone. Therefore, I'm joined by two mainstays on the League Two podcast. First of all, Grimsby uh, fan, Brandon, how was your weekend, mate? Um, well, goalkeeping struck again, so, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> well, that certainly doesn't sound very good, but a little bit better from a fellow Lincolnshire supporting fan, Kyle, Lincoln City. I mean, they did slightly better, obviously, not League 2, but uh, we had a win to celebrate yesterday, didn't we? How, uh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was great. We certainly did have a win to celebrate yesterday, and it seems like all of us celebrated, well, I say celebrated, Maybe not in Brandon's case, but we all we all got over our our team's result this weekend by doing what people do best on a on a Saturday and going out and having probably a few too many drinks in in some cases, maybe not in others. Well, we didn't concede four or five, so <laughs> I call it that. It's always a good weekend when you say that. So, getting straight into the action, the first game that we're going to be having a look at from yesterday's League 2 matches is, of course, our game of the day. And when you look at the games that went ahead, there was only one that you could really pick as that main game of the day. And that was, of course, Mansfield's 5-1 thumping of Salford. The visitors arrived in Mansfield having gone unbeaten in their last eight games. However, it was the home side who took an early lead on the 18th minute. 
There was then chances for the away side when Christy Pym managed to deny Junior Luamba with a, a fantastic save in the 22nd minute on. That was, you know, I, I know you mentioned a second ago there, Brandon, how you're not really uh, thrilled with goalkeepers at the minute, but that one was truly spectacular. But the equaliser did then come through Luamba just before the break, but the home side were back in the lead within minutes, grabbing a goal through Cargill when he scored in the 45th plus nine minutes. They then never looked back as the third came as Keeler Dunn turned from provider to scorer after the half time. Salford's hopes of a comeback were quickly dashed as Theo Vassell brought down Lucas Aikens in a challenge that was deemed worthy of a red. The fourth and fifth goals soon came, helping Mansfield secure the top spot in the division. So guys, huge, huge result when you're looking at the top of the table with that one yesterday, isn't it? Uh, Kyle, talk me through, you know, the game, but also what this means now for Mansfield's season. Well, I think if you look at Mansfield now, uh, we'll obviously get on Stockport uh, in a little while, but I think they've, they've got to be the favourites for the for the title. They've obviously gone above Stockport after, after the result yesterday. And as they have been in recent weeks, they're just finally... I think we've we've just got to say this year, it is going to be their year. They're hitting their stride at the perfect time. They've been good all season, but they're just taking it to another level at the moment. Um, when you look at the results in recent weeks, you take away the Warsaw result. They've scored five, nine and four in their past uh, in their past three wins. So they've just, they're a joy to watch at the moment. Well, I say a joy to watch. I don't particularly like them, but they're, they're a joy to watch from a... From a League Two perspective, looking alone, uh, yeah, yesterday they were brilliant. Um, Will Swan is in really good goal-scoring form. He got another. Aaron Lewis doing well um, as well, and yeah, this by no means was a was an easy game from as well. It was Carl Robinson's first defeat as Salford manager, first loss in nine since he'd taken over. But I mean, if you just look at the stats, 20, 29 shots. They were they were rampant yesterday. Uh, the game probably changed uh, when Fiorentina was sent off. It was a bit of a stupid sending off, um, but from then on, there was there was never any doubt at three-one, and yeah, they just put a gloss on the result with the two latest goals. But yeah, Mansfield superb, and yeah, they are now certainly my my bet for the League Two title this season. I think that's a pretty safe bet if you're willing to put your money on it the way that it certainly seems to be going. They've they've obviously spent a lot of the season with games in hand on those above them and they're now sort of having played a couple of those matches. They really need to make sure they were still picking up the points and obviously that's what they're doing. Now, Brandon, I think the, the narrative towards the start of the season, especially kind of before January, was about Mansfield's unbelievable defensive record and how kind of strong they were at the back and were able to use that as a foundation. And it was often sort of compared to, let's say, Notts County, especially early in the early stages. But they are one of the highest scorers in the league. And obviously, as we've said, they are able to be putting large amounts of goals against yeah. teams in certain games. Like, what is it that just seems to be going so right going forward for them that other teams sometimes struggle with? Well, we've said it all season with them that a lot of, you know, they've drawn a lot of games and their defence has often kept that win, that unbeaten run they had for so long going. But recently they've really started to kill teams off. They've had 9-2, in their recent results. And it sort of just feels like everything's coming together. Everyone's contributing. They have 
threat all the way throughout the squad. They've coped with injuries so well. And yeah, it just feels like a real team that all play for each other. And yeah, there's players like Tom Nichols and Heron Boateng who have been a bit outside or like newcomers just coming in and instantly contributing to their wins. And yeah, I think you've just got a squad that's fully invested in the cause. And I think you have to say it's there, yeah. I, I like I say, I definitely think that uh, that you'd be right on there. And just a quick question then on Salford, currently sat in nineteenth in the league after that loss. Uh, you know they're they're thirteen points clear of Forest Green Rovers in twenty third. It seems highly unlikely that they'd be anywhere near going down, but they are also twelve points away from the playoffs with Gillingham currently sat in seventh. So are we kind of just saying that these final few months is just bed in with Carl Robinson, let him sort of get the players playing exactly how he wants moving into next season? Or, you know, is there really anything else that can be done this in the short term? Or is this, like I say, just now focusing on the long-term project? I think now it will just be a case of playing for pride. And, you know, yesterday, I'm sure a month ago, Salford fans will have been fearing for the worst. And, you know, they've taken this position where they are sure they won't go down. And, yeah, it's just a case of getting to place getting the players to play under Robinson and plan for next season because they'll certainly have the backing to take it uh, take it to the top spots next season. So, yeah, I think it's just a case of betting under Robinson. And, you know, a month ago, I'm sure Salford fans would have taken this position. So, yeah, they can be happy at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mid-table obscurity, as I'm sure you say, is uh, something they are probably reasonably pleased with, considering the precarious position that they found themselves in at certain points. So that game leaves Mansfield, as we said, sitting on the top of the table and Salford down in 19th. So moving on to our next match then. Notts County were at home to a crew Alexander side looking to climb back into the automatic promotion spots. And the Notts County side looking to rid some of their recent woes. However, that's not how it went. Those woes very much continued as they lost 3-1 at Meadow Lane. In fact, they didn't just lose 3-1. They were 3-0 down very early on. Wasn't the greatest of games for them, but they did certainly have a few early chances, especially in the first half through the likes of Macaulay Langstaff, but simply was ne- were never really able to get a goal. With uh, Mickey Dimitri scoring the opener for Crew Alexander, for Nevitt then managed to tuck away a pen on the 19-minute mark. And at that point, it didn't look like County were really going to be able to get back into the game. The second half was limited to few chances, but Josh Osterfield added the visitors third with a shot from outside the area. Really, really nice finish if you have seen that. Obviously, Knox County were able to get a late consolation goal when Jim O'Brien's effort through a crowd of bodies was fumbled into the net by Davies. But that result is seeing Knox County drop even th- further down the league and you know, the question was at the start of the season, are they even going to be able to make automatics? And now we're asking whether playoffs are even a possibility for them anymore. Kyle, I guess we'll we'll sort of start on that point, Notts County. We know that there are issues there. And obviously having to change their manager mid-season was always going to be something that was difficult, even though even though it wasn't a sacking, actually, from the outside. I, I thought it was kind of a necessary managerial change. It would work for the better for them. But Stuart Maynard's come in and 
he's not really managed to rid these kind of issues that Notts County have got. And if anything, has only taken away the negative, the positive parts of Luke Williams's reign. So, what on earth is going wrong? Well, yeah, I can only say that. The, it really does seem to be going wrong from the moment. Um, I wouldn't say it was a particularly surprising result yesterday. Crew obviously moved back into the automatic promotion places with with that win. But I mean, I just want to take you through their possession stats from the last few games. I mean, yesterday, seventy eight percent possession. Um, if you go back as sort of middle of January, you're looking at every game pretty much. They're they're averaging over 70% of the ball. The only game they didn't, funny enough, was the only game they won in that period when they beat Newport away. Um, they just, they don't do enough with the ball at the moment. They're, they're making too many mistakes. I mean, you've got to give crew credit yesterday, as you said, particularly that third goal. Uh, a really excellent strike by Josh uh, Osterfield. Um, but yeah, the, the mistakes, the penalty conceded by Ashby uh, Hammond, um, and yeah, 20 minutes into the game, you're thinking that is game over for them. Uh, just on to crew then, they've they've had a few slight wobbles in recent weeks, but that is a that is a really big result. And as I say, it takes them back into the automatic promotion places. They've got they'll have an interesting few few months, and whether they can sustain their promotion charge with Wrexham hot on their heels is a different question. Um, they face some. Some winnable games, you'd have to say, coming up. They've got Doncaster, which you would think you need to win um, if you're going to get into the automatic promotion places. That is a week on Saturday. No, yes, sorry, two weeks away. Um, they also play Sutton coming up. So, yeah, there's some some big games for them coming up. And if they can if they can keep winning games, keep picking up points, then you'd, you'd have to say they've got as good a chance as anyone else for automatics this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at those future fixtures, as you were saying, their last home game of the season on the 20th of April is against Wrexham. So that could actually end up being a real crunch six-pointer at the end of the season. So that's something they may be uh, very much eyeing up. And yeah, I guess we'll kind of stick with crew. Brandon, you know, they just everything really seems to be going right. They've managed to absolutely click their in decent goal scoring form they don't concede too many they've got the third best goal difference in the league you know obviously they're sat third in the league I mean outside of Stockport and Mansfield they are one of the best sides in this league this season and we, we spoke on the podcast before about how they've kind of come out of nowhere and they're just doing everything right week in week out not making a fuss about it not doing anything extraordinary but constantly going about and doing what what it is they do and doing it well would you say that's kind of a, a fair assessment with Crew, and they've not snuck into that position because they've absolutely earned it, but they've just been one of the most <clears> consistent <throat> sides all season? Yeah, the you know, everyone's talking about Mansfield, Stockport, Wrexham, MK Dons, you know, with all the sort of glamour players and everything, but Crew have truly just gone under the radar and stayed consistent with their performances, defensively solid the in great goal scoring form and they're just doing everything they need to do to keep up with the sides and I think it really shows in you know a lot of people say this is one of the strongest league twos there's been but crew have shown that you know if you can just keep consistent with the basics then you will find yourself challenging and being a threat to anyone in this division so yeah a lot of credit goes to crew for this season 
Absolutely. And uh, I definitely think if they get into those top threes and do earn an automatic promotion spot, then they've absolutely earned it with their performances over the course of a 46-game season. So that does leave Crew Alexander sat in third, with Notts County now 10 places behind, sat in 13th. So moving on to another side who are, will be hoping to consolidate their playoff place and also potentially even push into the automatics. Milton Keynes Dons were at home to a Newport County side who would have also very much liked to pick up an away victory. However, three first half goals from MK Dons saw them win this game pretty comfortably. 3-0. Dan Kemp scoring to give the host lead after only 12 minutes before he then turned provider for Jack Payne to double that advantage. And MK Dons, like we said, were three goals up before halftime had even come as Alex Gilby struck home his seventh goal of the season. Also within there, there was two assists for Stephen Wern, who has been absolutely fantastic, I must say, since coming in in the January transfer window. MK Dons have had a couple of issues in recent matches. Obviously, that rather embarrassing result against former manager Graham Alexander's at Bradford City side the other week. But they have now managed to kind of turn that around and will hope to have sort of arrested that little slump. Newport, obviously, it was a reasonably disappointing result for them, but travelling away from home. And, uh, you know, losing 3-0 is obviously poor, but travelling away from home and, and losing isn't too bad, especially after they've had some really good results recently. But look, uh, Brandon, we'll start We'll start with yourself and we'll go straight to the victors out of that match. MK Dons, I mean, you kind of want to just ask the first question is, can, can they do it? From the 16th place that they were in when they let Graham Alexander go to where they are now, with one of the best points per game records in the division since their managerial change. Is there a chance that they could sneak into that top three? Oh, I fully back it. I, I think MK Dons will actually go that <laughs> mile, bit of a bold take potentially, but you can just see it. Luke Williams has put, is it Luke Williams? No, no. Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. Sorry, but um, no, yeah. same, same style. But um, he's really put his stamp down on that MK Dons team and, you just see the goals yesterday look so slick and confident in the play style. They look really invested in how they're playing. And I think it's such a different suit from what Graham Alexander offered with them at the start of the season. Like this just feels, it just feels right between the manager and the players in the play style. And yeah, they're just really consistent in their performances. I don't, they limited Newport to a threat and from the highlights, it really should have been more than three. I thought, but yeah, they certainly can. They look so invested in the play style they've really taken into the manager. And I think, you know, this is just a first step for them under this manager who I think will go far, whether that's with MK Dons or further up. Yeah, absolutely. I think, first of all, when you look at it, if they do sneak into even just, well, I say sneak in, if they do earn themselves even just a playoff spot, they will go into it with the momentum under this new manager and potentially even some players back from injuries by that point as well, to the point where you'd want to be having them as near favourites if that's all they can get into. Now, Kyle, if we move it to, unfortunately, the losers in in yesterday's game, Newport County, they're now at the, the bottom of that mini table, if you like, between 7th and 16th. 
Obviously, there's only sort of five points separating those teams, but they've now, like I said, slumped down to bottom of that. So, 46 points in 16th place after, obviously, that loss. And, obviously, the loss to Notts County a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so, is that anything that Newport fans really need to be worrying about? Are we saying that their season, their sudden hopes of playoffs, that maybe some fans started to get in their heads are, are gone or... Is this just something that, you know what, they'll still be happy to be in this position considering where they were at the start of the season? Yeah, I think they've got to be happy uh, at the moment. They've been on a good run as well, uh, don't forget. So, I did think this was a slightly um, shock result. I didn't. I certainly didn't expect the, the game to be as one-sided and to be pretty much over within half an hour. <laughs> but yeah, um, from where they've come, Newport, you've got to be happy with their season. Um, they are, as you say, at the bottom of that pile now. Five-point gap, they've got a negative goal difference of minus five. So, again, that's probably another, you can almost say it's another point. Although, Gillingham are also on minus goal <laughs> difference, so it doesn't exactly mean the world. Um, looking quickly at MK Dons, they were brilliant yesterday. Um, they've had some response to that uh, Bradford defeat. Um, two games on paper this week that you'd probably said... They just snapped your hand off for four points that that point in midweek against um, Wrexham and obviously yesterday's results. Yeah, with with twenty shots to Newport's four, there was only ever going to be one winner. Briefly um, touch on the second goal as well. If if you've not seen it yet, I would suggest watching it. It's a brilliant, oh, well worked free kick, isn't it? Yeah, just it is brilliant to watch. I mean, a lot of a lot of the football world were talking about Forest Green's uh, goal. Um, yesterday, their winner, but this I think has gone on the radar and it probably matches it. And it is just a sign of what MK Dons are about at the moment. And I like Brandon also back then to go up automatically, so they are doing everything right at the moment. Um, it's a big few weeks for them now. Um, they've certainly got to got to win a few games and. Then yeah, who knows? Because it is such a such a mad division that if you pick up a few wins again, then then they'll probably be seventh or eighth. So you just have to see. Well, this is it. It really is like that in the League Two table at this stage of the season. Absolutely. So that game, that result does leave MK Dons sat in fifth in the division, and as we said, Newport down in sixteenth. Now moving on to another game, and we can talk about this game this week without Matt, your usual League Two podcast host, getting a little bit too excited. Gillingham with a one-nil home victory against promotion hopefuls Wrexham. It was Timothy Dieng who got the winning goal on the 55th minute mark. Again, a really, really nice goal. Um, really, really good set piece goal, as I as I say. So that result has lent that Gillingham now sits seventh in the league. And we've already said with a minus goal difference. Now, look. I guess I guess the big question. Well, I will take it to you, Carl. The big question with Gillingham is very much surrounding their goal scoring. It's a massive issue with theirs. They they know it. Matt says it every week when he's on this podcast. Is it something that is going to be their biggest downfall in this playoff hopes? Yeah, I think it has to be. In all honesty, um, I don't think you can really get into the playoffs with scoring thirty-two goals in thirty-four games. But they have. At the same point, got an excellent defence. Um, Glenn Morris has worked really hard yesterday, particularly at one point when he made a, a, 
a pretty decent double save, um, Stephen Fletcher having a acrobatic effort saved. But yeah, their goal scoring certainly has to be a concern. Um, they can have similar set pieces to that one, as you mentioned yesterday. It was an excellent finish by Timothy Dieng. It was really well worked. Um, then, then hopefully they can they can start scoring more goals and yeah, it will put them in contention for, for the playoffs. But certainly for the moment, they they are in the playoffs as it stands. But yeah, their, their goal scoring has to has to be addressed if they're going to have any chance of making the playoffs this season. No, absolutely. It's something they uh, obviously would have hoped that they could sort out a little bit more in uh, January, but it certainly seems like that's not necessarily been the case. But if they could be picking up 1-0 victories for the rest of the season, then that'll certainly help them climb up the table. Now, Brandon, this was arguably a bit of a disappointing loss for Wrexham. Obviously, every loss is disappointing, but travelling away from home against 7th place, Gillingham, you know, that they will have seen this as one of their tougher games in their running, but with crew winning as well, it, it, it kind of potentially creates a little bit of worry in some Wrexham fans' minds as to whether or not they're going to be able to get that automatic promotion spot, doesn't it? Yeah, and their away form's really starting to become a worry for them at the moment. And yeah, like I think I've seen a lot of Wrexham fans recently say they think they're quite average away from home. Obviously, the race course is such a fortress, but if they're really going to keep up with crew or catch up, to the sides around them, the sides either side of them, they're really going to need to improve that away form because they've got some massive trips to Doncaster, Forest Green, Grimsby, who are fighting for their lives, Colchester. So obviously going to be up for it. And then they also have that crunch game with crew. So, you know, something needs to be figured out away from home. They need to stop and realise why aren't we picking up results away from home at the moment? So, yeah, that's going to be a big thing at the business end of the season for them. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they can sort out those away form issues. So that does leave Wrexham sat in fourth place, just outside of that top three. And Gillingham sneaking into seventh place in the division. Now moving on to another match in the division. This time it was Doncaster Rovers who hosted an AFC Wimbledon side who also wanted to get a win on the board in their hopes for playoff football come the end of the season. But that's not how it went. As Hakiba Delican, God, he's in some fine form at Doncaster at the minute. He, They continued their strong run of form with a 1-0 victory when Hakiba scored within the third minute Really, really good goal there as well. Obviously, a link. And that's Freddie Draper. Hmm? Yeah. That's Freddie Draper Honestly, who, who needs Freddie Draper when you've got Hakiba Delicate? <laughs> this is it. But also a slightly worrying result for Wimbledon, who are now without a win in their last four matches. Uh, but they, ha- they are kind of lacking in certain areas of the pitch. And obviously, it's very easy to say after the January transfer window as well. But Doncaster were really, really good value for this victory with 14 shots to Wimbledon's four. Now, Carl, I'm going to come to you. We'll, get, we'll talk about Hakeem and Elegant because there was a discussion <coughs> at the Lincoln game yesterday with myself and a couple of other sort of Lincoln supporters. And someone said he'd found his level. Now, I felt that was unbelievably harsh. I think it's fair to say he's found his system. Grant McCann has really been able to get the best out of Hakeem Delican, who we know there's talent in there. It was just always about application at Lincoln. It's nice to see him doing so well at the minute, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, last week, um, despite despite uh, Grimsby getting battered, he was the player I certainly wanted to, to take a look on because me, me, you and Matt a few weeks ago had uh, spoken about Hakeem and basically we all came to the conclusion that he'll give you a few good games here and there, but we don't think that this form will be kept up. And I don't want to curse it for him, but it, it does certainly seem like this is the case. That is... There's another goal for him yesterday. He is in tremendous form at the phone uh, at the moment. And yeah, I would certainly say it is harsh saying that he's found his level. Um, he did have his games at Lincoln and there could potentially be a League One player in there. But he's been such an important part of Doncaster's revival. I mean, they are they are as good as safe uh, now. I, mean, I know they're not mathematically safe, but they will not be going down. I don't think that's a particularly outrageous shout given they are... 13 points above Forest Green with 13 games to go. So, yes, they are certainly safe this year and they have him in large part to thanks for that. Um, moving on to Wimbledon, it's a bit, of a bit of a concerning period for them at the moment. They they were good at home for a, a fair part of the season, but they've had, a, they've had a few bad results recently. The one on Tuesday night, particularly against Crawley, um, really seems them suffer at the moment and they have not won away from home since beating Crawley actually back in December so they are slowly slipping out of the playoff race when a couple of months ago you'd have probably said they had a fair chance of getting automatic promotion um, if you want a game to turn your fortunes around then next week's the one for them they play MK Dons so that is absolutely massive uh, for both clubs really in terms of their season and again they have a they have a really good run of home games. They have, I think, looking at five in March and only two away games. So, uh, if they are to to push the playoffs this season, then they will have to rekindle their home form that they started the year with. But yeah, Doncaster, excellent. Hakeem is the best player in the world. <laughs> uh, him and Freddie Draper, I think, are the two that will be fighting out for player of the season come the end of the year if we do a real EFL awards. Um, but look, I'm going to touch on I'm going to touch on Wimbledon very quickly because I, I absolutely agree they really need to kind of turn this unfortunately poor run of form recently around. And Johnny Jackson's got a proper job on his hands. And obviously, like you say, MK Dons is their next home match. I tell you, if it goes anything like the game at Stadium MK. FC Wimbledon, are, well, their fans certainly won't be looking forward to it. I can tell you that one. But Brandon, what what is going wrong there, and what can they do now to try and turn it around? I think right now it's the worst time to be in the mix of teams Wimbledon are and go on a bad run of form because it's really starting to fade for them. Similar to Notts County, they're on the same points actually, but. Yeah, this is the worst time to really be on a bad run of form when you're in that playoff race because, you know, you could jump down the table so quickly at the moment. And obviously they've lost Al Hamadi and yeah, like it just feels like they're losing that sort of goal scoring touch that they had at the start of the season. A lot of players, James Tilly and a lot of the talented players they've had are sort of going off form now. So yeah, it just feels like the attacks really downgraded in the last month yeah absolutely and they're going to need to change that pretty quickly and obviously there's no transfer window so it's probably going to have to be with a tactical switch well hopefully Ronan Curtis can start to turn well, up a bit more we've seen his quality and flashes but 
yeah, he could be a real decisive figure for them moving towards the business end of the season. Absolutely, and they're going to need that form from Ronan Curtis to very much be considerably more consistent than what it has been so far in his matches. So that result leaves Doncaster in 20th place, but as we've said, probably safe now. Touch wood for Doncaster fans, and ARC Wimbledon a ru- smack bang in the middle of the table in 12th. Moving on to another two teams who are very much in that middle mix, mid-table section. Harrogate hosted a Walsall side, hoping to try and have their late push for the playoffs also enhanced. And it was the away side who came out with a victory, 2-0 on the day, with both goals coming in the second half. When Liam Gordon opened the scoring on the 47th minute and Mofal scored a second on the 84th minute. Uh, although, I'll be honest, I don't know if any of you have seen it. I'm not quite sure how he actually got credited uh, with, the, with the goal. But hey, I said on our transfer special that I think he was the perfect replacement for Freddie Draper. So whenever he scores, it's going to make me look good. So I'm not going to argue with it. Let him take the goal. So this result is kind of quite big for both of these team seasons. As we've said, they are both in that kind of mid-pack chasing sort of Barrow and Gilligan in sixth and seventh. Warsaw now climbing up to ninth, one of the highest positions they've been in all season. And they're doing it without Freddie Draper, who is technically still their joint, anyway, top goal scorer. Uh, Brandon, let's touch on Warsaw then. This is a really, really good run of form these last three games. Is it something that they can keep going for the rest of the season? Or do you think that's just one of those runs that every team in that area seems to be having at some point where they string for three or four together and then drop away? Well, to continue the theme of Freddie Draper, bingo, <laughs> I'm going to mention him again. Uh, since losing Freddie Draper, I'm sure they were quite inclined to just falling down the table a bit, but that you've started to see a lot of them are now really chipping in. Tom Knowles, Isaac Hutchinson, they have, they're have getting goals in more from all over the squad now. And yeah, that's such a big asset to go into a playoff challenge with when you're not so heavily reliant on a player as good as Freddie Draper was. It feels like they're sort of coming into it more as a squad and starting to rely less on individuals for their win. So <clears throat> I think that certainly benefited them. And yeah, with the games coming up, Accrington, Barrow, Swindon, MK Dons, all yet to play, got some massive fixtures, but I think they really can't have that confidence in their team to go and do it. I don't think they will achieve the playoff team, playoff position by the end, but I think they certainly have the right for the confidence. Absolutely. This is the perfect time to be putting a positive run of form together like that, you know, in the opposite way to what we've just spoken about with Wimbledon and Notts County. Now, Kyle, I want to touch on Harrogate because they were a team that had that positive run of form only a few weeks ago and they found themselves sat in seventh in the league at one point. And then obviously they had that um, pretty ceremonious 9-2 defeat to Mansfield Town. And since then, they've only drew, drew with Crew away from home. Not too bad of a result. But obviously now this loss at home to, to Walsall now leaves them three points off the playoffs. Some may have seen it as a pipe dream for them to get into the playoffs this season anyway. So it's not like it was necessarily a, a pre-season aim. But 
do you think they're sort of still in with that chance? Do you think they can really turn that form around and get back to winning ways so quickly? I think there's always a chance, but I do think um, they won't be the side that finishes uh, in seventh place this season. They're a bit of a hard team to work out, really, in recent weeks. He's had some really good results. Um, drew away at Stockport, as you said, drew away at Crew, which was particularly crucial coming off the back of that 9-2 loss to Harrogate, uh, to, to Mansfield, sorry. Um, but yeah, yesterday was a was a huge loss from really. They didn't even manage a shot on target, I don't believe. So, uh, really disappointing. Um, they play Newport in the week, and that is an absolutely massive game for both, really. Uh, if either to have any aspirations of making the playoffs. Um, I think this result pretty much epitomises League Two at the moment, really, because Harrogate began the day in 7th, Warsaw began the day in 16th, Warsaw beat Harrogate and leapfrog them. It is an absolutely mental thing <laughs> to uh, to think um, at this point in the season. I don't think you can, I don't think, I can never remember um, a point where Two teams have been so far apart in February, and of in terms of league positions, and the other has overtaken um, them. So it is it is a ridiculous league. And just on Walsall, um, last week uh, the result against Mansfield has to be seen as a bit of a turning point at the moment for them. And again, this this epitomises League Two perfectly because I don't think they were really on anyone's radar. Um, in terms of talking about the playoffs, particularly, and three wins in a week, and they are suddenly right in contention. And they are only three points off Gillingham with a game in hand and with a much better goal difference. So, as Brandon touched on, teams do just go through periods where, where they'll pick up wins and then may fall off again. But I'm going to say they may they may have turned the corner a little bit with that with that big win against Mansfield. Um, whether they make the playoffs or not, different question. I don't think they will, but I won't be surprised if they if they kept up um, this decent little run they're putting together at the moment. Well, this is it. They've got to turn that small run of form into consistent points throughout the rest of the season if they do want to do that. And I think that's very much the same for both of those sides within that discussion. So that victory for Walsall does leave them currently sat in ninth in the division with Harrogate in 11th. Like we said, both actually drawing on points with 48. So we're going to take a very, very quick ad break. You can hear about NordVPN. I'm assuming that'll be the advert that you'll be listening to. If not, then I just look a bit silly. So we'll see you in a minute. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. 
And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash realefl. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now, back to the podcast. And welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that little ad break. Got yourself a tea, coffee, whatever it is that Matt normally encourages you to go and grab during that little break. Well, first game. NordVPN. Exactly. <laughs> the, the first game we're going to be jumping straight back into is Forest Green Rose at home to Tranmere. We've spoken enough so far about teams in and around that playoff picture, mainly because it seems like half of the teams in this league are in that playoff picture. But Forest Green needing to very much change their fortunes around with a victory at home to Tranmere if they want to keep any aspirations of staying in League 2 alive for next season. And that is exactly what they did. Started off a little bit interestingly, though, when the returning Jordan Moore-Taylor headed narrowly past his own post for the hosts after a mix-up with emergency lone goalkeeper Vicente Reyes. That was an unbelievable like, mistake that very nearly cost them, which uh, certainly I sort of was laughing at, I can't lie. Uh, and then Rob Apter also had a really, really good chance for the away side. But Reyes actually came to the rescue on that occasion, ensuring that the goals, that the scoreline remained level. And then it was the goal. And Kyle, you mentioned it earlier on. Uh, and I'm going to bring it over to you in a second then. So, Forest Green, perfect flowing move up the field. Where then Charlie McCann, who was linked with a host of League One and League Two clubs in the January transfer window, rounded it off with an incredible 20-yard strike into the top corner of Luke McGee's goal. Carl, talk us through that goal. That was pretty special, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, the only reason I would say this goal was better than the MK Dom's goal I touched on is because of the finish itself. Obviously, the build-up for both goals was fairly similar. But, yeah, it was a ridiculous finish from Charlie McCann. It's the type of football that you would associate with the top ends of any division. Um, not as much a side struggling like Forest Green have been. Um, that is a massive result, though, for Forest Green. Um, obviously, we'll come on to the sides that... They are chasing in a little while, but that gives them a genuine shot now of survival. A few had written them off, um, but I believe that was far too early and they've proved it with with this result against the Tranmere side, who are pretty much got nothing to play for this season. I would say there are probably four clubs um, in the division, them, Swindon, Salford and Doncaster, that will be playing League Two football next season. I don't think they have any chance of making the playoffs or of getting relegated this season. They are stuck in that, as I said, that 14 pack of, of clubs that have virtually got nothing to play for. Regardless, it is a very disappointing result for them yesterday. Um, they were, they had a, had a lot of the ball, but um, a lot of chances as well. So they'll be certainly disappointed they didn't pick up. Um, at least a point yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Tranmere certainly were the better side when you look at the face stats, but that doesn't mean that Forest Green weren't also good value for victory. Brandon, I kind of want to ask you a question then about Forest Green's hopes of staying in the fourth tier for next season. And 
look, they're currently sat on 26 points. You know, it is only four points below Grimsby, I know we'll get on to in a little bit. And I'm sure you don't really want to talk about Grimsby when it comes into a relegation battle. But how many points do you think is going to be the benchmark this season to keep a team up? Because Forest Green, obviously, are going to have to have a target to work towards. What kind of target do you think that needs to be? I'm expecting the sort of 39 to 41 kind of region to be the benchmark. But what will be very telling of this is Grimsby are playing Sutton and Forest Green within the next week. So, yeah, I think that'll be very telling of what you'll sort of expect the benchmark to be. But, uh, yeah, it's absolutely terrifying seeing them pick up that result. But, yeah, that was a goal worthy of winning any game. I'm sure Tranmere will be kicking themselves for um, a lot of the missed chances. But, yeah, I think Forest Green were good value for it in the end. And that goal is worth winning any game. Absolutely, exactly right. And that benchmark will, like you say, become a lot more clear soon enough. But that result does leave Forest Green Rovers still in 23rd, but a lot closer to safety than what they were before that victory. And like Carl alluded to, Tranmere sat in 17th, sat on 40 points, six points away from the team above them, plenty of points above the, re- the sides in the relegation zone. So it is very much kind of plod along towards the end of the season for the away side there. Now, the next game, we're going to stick with our relegation battle. Sutton United at home to Colchester United. A Colchester United side who, I'll be honest, from the outside, I expected to have picked up considerably more than they have since the introduction of Danny and Nicky Cowley as their new management team. That's not necessarily happened, although they did look like it was potentially going to happen when in the seventh minute, McGeehan scored from a John Akinde assist. He really seems to be getting in with the goal contributions at the minute, I will be honest. Before then, Sutton equalised only on the 18-minute mark through Lakin. There was also a missed penalty late on as well. But, you know, that was that was for Sutton, sorry. But they were not able to, like I said, get the victory there. And it ended one all. Really big game uh, on paper beforehand in terms of the relegation battle. A draw is probably the best result for the likes of a Forest Green or or even a Grimsby as well. Uh, so, Brandon, I guess, you know, seeing as you are our relegation battle expert for this season, um, talk us through what that result means for both of these two teams' hopes for the rest of the season. Yeah, like you said, from my perspective, with being Grimsby, they're either side of us. I prefer this to be the result. It keeps Colchester from getting too far away and Sutton seven points into the relegation zone from the selfish perspective. But yeah, I think it's probably a better result for Colchester, but they really would have taken the win here and really would have needed it. They haven't picked up as much as you, uh, all of us really would have thought with the appointment of Danny and Nicky Cowley. As soon as they were appointed, I thought that's it. Colchester are safe, but they're really, really struggling for that win. Have they won under the Cowleys yet? They have. They have got one win when they won away at Morecambe, um, but I believe that is the only one. Yeah, you look at. I'm just looking at some of the recent results now. They've drawn with Forest Green and Sutton, and you know, I'm sure you would have expected them to win at least one of them if they were to truly have those truly get 
Claire of the bottom two, but yeah, it's just not seeming to click for them immediately. But I, I do think in terms of performances, they are starting to have a bit of a stamp, but it's just about getting that away for the first win. But overall in the game, I thought Sutton were unlucky to not take the three points in that game. Yeah, absolutely. As long as performances are beginning to improve, even if the results necessarily aren't, they have still got that buffer to those two sides in towards the relegation zone. And Kyle, with Forest Green obviously having picked up a victory yesterday and them going to be hoping that under Steve Cottrell they can very much push a little bit further up the division, start picking up more points than what they have done at certain parts of this season. Are Colchester United still in real danger? Or do you think that there are two teams, you know, Grimsby, for example, Forest Green, Sutton, that are worse than them. Yeah, they're certainly uh, both worse than them, uh, particularly as the table shows at the moment. But I don't think they're safe. I think I've kind of been blindsided by thinking Colchester were were too far away. And I thought they'd, they'd picked up, whilst not winning um, too many games, that, that only game since the Cowleys have come in, they've not lost many. They've drawn... Uh, a hell of a lot in the, the short time that the Cowleys have been there. But yeah, they certainly are in trouble. Yes, there was a massive chance for them really to to pull away. But with, with a lot of the sides, um, sorry, with Grimsby, Forest Green and Sutton all kind of playing each other in the next three, four weeks, then they certainly aren't out of it yet. Um, I have to I feel for Sutton. To play Colchester, I thought I'd add. Um, yeah, so added on with that then, then... Yeah, Colchester certainly can be dragged right back into it as quickly as they kind of seem to to move away at one point. Um, yeah, so I was saying, I have to feel a bit of sympathy for, for Sutton. Um, that missed penalty yesterday, I feel like it come, could come back to bite them. Um, if, if either of you have listened to Steve Morrison's post-match press conference oh. with local radio yesterday, then I think you will... <laughs> had some interesting interesting words to, to say about that. He was certainly yeah. not a not a happy man. Um but yeah, um I feel like they've been unlucky all season to be honest, Sutton. Um and yeah, yesterday proved it. Um with with that missed penalty. Colchester did have chances as well. I mean they hit the post. Um but I mean I I can't see Sutton coming back from this, but um, yeah, they're going to they're have to start picking up wins because that is now one win in 12 for them. Mm, absolutely. Now, I am just going to pick up on that interview which you just mentioned it there, Carl. Now, for me, that is an interview that is worse than what Troy Deeney did in his final match at Forest Green because it's, you know, it's one thing to come out on the radio and start calling players out. It's a total other thing to just feel, seem that despondent and when you know the reporter is asking you pretty valid questions, then go on at the reporter. I, I was very kind of disappointed to have to listen to that, and it wasn't exactly the most enjoyable listen. It felt really, really awkward, just as the reporter said afterwards, actually, about the experience himself. But that result does leave Sutton United sat in 24th, still propping the 92 up, and Colchester United, as we've said, not really safe yet in 21st place. Now the next game we're going to go to is another one in that relegation battle. Sorry, Brandon, I feel like I'm mentioning that far, far too often for you, but this is of course Grimsby Town's trip to Morecambe, where they got off to the perfect start after just 80 seconds, Danny Rose handed the Mariners the lead 
However, unfortunately for them, Jed Brennan's League Two playoff chasers equalised with Jordan Slew just after the half-time mark. Now, I'm going to just jump straight over to you here, Brandon. Talk us through the match, the performance from both sides, and is it a point that you, as a Grimsby fan, are happy with? I'd say it's a performance that I'm happy with compared to recent weeks, and that also comes through a bit of a change in approach. You may have seen that um, a lot of our problems under David Artella's come through insistence on a system to play out from the back and also like match sides that are better than us, like matching fire with fire. And that's been our biggest downfall in recent months under Artel. However, we looked a lot more direct and we weren't, you know, playing it around the box with players that aren't good enough to play it out from the back. So yeah, we looked a lot more direct and I thought, if we were to take the three points, we would have been good value for it. However, it expect Morecambe's goal credit for it, but it exposed a lot of our soft underbelly almost with the goalkeeping situation. We have two very inexperienced goalkeepers that I worry about in a relegation battle and a full season in League Two. It's Harvey Cartwright's first full professional season of starting fully, and you know he has shown glimpses, but for a relegation battle I'd very much worry about a young man in between the sticks but yeah in terms of the performance I thought we would have been good value for it and I was pleased with the change of approach but we can't keep making individual mistakes and at this stage of the season and with Sutton and Forest Green coming up we very much need to be picking up the three points and you can't just be pleased with the performance I feel. No, exactly. Obviously, you the last thing that uh, you want to be doing is making silly errors this late on in the season with the way everything is going. Now, Carl, I kind of then just want to switch it on to Morecambe because one of Morecambe's issues seems to be in their kind of playoff chase that they are currently in is actually defensively. They've Their only clean sheet that they've kept since sort of the middle of December was against Sutton United and we know what their issues are this season so you know we kind of have to excuse that being a clean sheet so what is it why is it that they're just not really able to seemingly hold teams out and you know keep their keep their goal clear well, I mean, if you concede after uh, 80 seconds, then then that is a pretty good indicator of where you're going wrong at the moment. Um, they were perhaps fortunate that they didn't lose the game yesterday. I mean, both sides had uh, guilt-edge chances. Um, Jordi Hawula signed for Morecambe in the week, and I'm not quite sure how he didn't at least hit the target when um, uh, Jordan Slew hit the crossbar from, from that rebound. And then, obviously, um, Gavin Hullahan with... Um, Late in the game, again, that is a quite a horrendous miss as well. Um, so, yeah, perhaps on another day, they could have come out with this with, with a defeat. And that's the thing yesterday. They, they had a real chance to uh, put, put a bit of a marker down. Um, you'd expected them to, to win yesterday against Grimsby, given their recent form. But they failed to do that. And that has cost them a little. They're still well within the chasing back. And they're, they're in good stead. They've got a game in hand as well. Um but next weekend could be make or break for them in terms of where their season really goes from this point on. They go to Crewe, they've got home games against Crawley and Wrexham coming up. So 
they're kind of at the period at the moment that, that a lot of teams really are that with with games coming thick and fast, um, you've got to you've got to pick up as many points as possible um, because you can't rely on uh, results of other teams because there are simply too many other teams that that you'd need to drop points. Um, I'll quickly touch on Grimsby. Brandon's obviously uh, gone into fairly decent detail on what their issues are at the moment, but I feel like that's a result that they'd have taken at the start of the day. But then with Forest Green obviously winning, it's it's taken a fair bit off the result for them. But it's certainly a good um, a good starting point to build from, um, and they'll certainly need that in, in um, the coming weeks with them crucial games starting with the game against Forest Green um, next Saturday. We weren't 2-0 uh, down in 10 minutes this week, lads. <laughs> <laughs> it's the small steps towards staying up, isn't it, Brandon? They're the things that you've got to focus on. But that result does leave Morecambe currently sat in 10th, obviously, as we said, still in that chasing pack. And Grimsby Town sat down in the precarious 22nd position. Yes, I do sometimes take pleasure in make, in bringing That's that up on a regular. <laughs> That's what you think. Now, <laughs> so now a game between two other sides in the chasing pack for the playoffs. And actually two sides, well, one side in particular, who a win has now seen them jump straight back up into proper playoff contention, now sitting eight. It is, of course, Crawley Town away at Accrington Stanley and it ended with a 1-0 away victory when uh, Ranson grabbed the goal in the 68th minute and that was the only goal of the game to ensure the three points and if anything it was even against the run of play. Accrington had so many chances but their issues with being clinical in front of goal unfortunately was so prevalent in yesterday's match. And yeah, I guess the, we're going to have to jump straight to Crawley because that's now their third win on the bounce. And there was a point only a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about the fact that Crawley had potentially dropped out of any playoff contention considering where they were previously. But they've they've kind of shut us up a little bit recently, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, some really, really good results they've had. Uh, a fairly decent February after their loss to Crew um, on the tenth of February. Since then, yeah, they've been they've been excellent. Um, that was another big statement yesterday, as you say, probably against the run of play on the balance on the balance of the game. But yeah, um, their win in midweek particularly was a big marker, as we've said. Um, Wimbledon have slightly dropped off in recent weeks, but that was a chance for them to get back to get back to to winning ways and. They did the complete opposite, Crawley. Um, yeah, obviously the first of the results beating Forest Green, you kind of go, well, on paper, that's a result you'd definitely expect them to to pick up three points. But yeah, yesterday's result is absolutely massive uh, in the promotion race and it propels them right back up into playoff contention from, as you say, pretty much the middle of middle of nowhere, really. They've, they've emerged from the chasing pack and... Similarly to um, Warsaw, three wins in a week and all of a sudden you go from the bottom of the pack to pretty much right at the top of the chasers at the moment. So you certainly can't um, discredit their chances of making the playoffs this season. Um, big games coming up. Obviously, Barrow didn't play yesterday for um, some bizarre reason because the pitch was fine by... Um, 
looking at it on social media. I did actually want to bring that up at some point. I feel like I was fed in nicely. I have no, I, I have no idea how um, Bradford's game on Wednesday night goes ahead and Barrow's game oh. on Saturday does not. I was, I was actually at Bradford on a Wednesday night and I was, sat, I was sat on the train. I saw it come up on social media, the state of the pitch, and I thought there was absolutely no way that's on. And I think the only reason it was was because. Um, because it was a televised game, really. And then, yeah, yesterday at Barrow, I'm just in a bit of shock. Um, yeah, back to back to that. That's a little side note uh, away away from uh, speaking about Crawley and Accrington. But, yeah, um, big few weeks for Crawley now and to, to see whether they can carry on their form. Um, and, obviously, they're playing three teams in the next three games that are sort of in that pack. So, they can pick up um, a few more positive results in there. Then, who knows? They might finish in the playoffs at the end of the season. Well, absolutely, this is it. And we are very much on that crunch time. And I guess we'll have a look at the other side of the game as well then. Uh, Brandon Accrington, they're now sat down in 14th. They've had you know less than stellar month of February with only the one win in there. Granted, it was against an AFC Wimbledon side who are very much kind of in and around that same battle area. But as I said, they're not really scoring as many as they could and arguably should, even though their defence has certainly been pretty decent all season. But is it just as simple as they'd not score enough? And could they have been higher if they were able to sort those issues out early on? Just before we get on to Accrington, I just thought I'd say, every time a single match is played in League Two, a new side has gone from 14th to 8th or whatever. Because I was so inclined, I've just been under the assumption for so long that Crawley will just be playing in League Two next season, and now they've won three in a row, haven't conceded in three in the eighth. Yeah, so, they're yeah. not doing too badly, are they? Yeah. Like, there's a new side where you go, ah, oh, they could get playoffs, then half the league are a point behind them. <laughs> but yes, back to Accrington. Was it Josh Andrews they lost? It who went back to Gillingham? I feel he's been a real big loss for them both in the goal scoring aspect and their attacking play but yeah I just think they look a very very young and experienced side and they're not scoring enough and I don't think they have any real leadership to really put a consistent run of games together but coming up obviously they've got Walsall, Wrexham and Bradford, like they'll be so telling for just what, how far Accrington can truly go. It's a real crunch period for everyone in the league, but with those games with teams that they're looking to get in front of, that that's a real telling point for Accrington's season. No, absolutely very much. This next run of games is going to be huge for both of these sides as they look to try and clinch a playoff spot to get themselves out of the fourth tier of English football. That result has left Crawley Town sat in eighth place with Accrington in 14th. We are now on to the final match of the weekend's action. And this is one of those really weird times where you've got the, the team who start the day as league leaders being last on our rundown of League Two. We're not match of the day. We don't always put Crystal Palace last or whoever. We'd like to mix it up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We are more than happy to mix it up, especially when it was a nil-nil draw. Now, it was Stockport 
at home to Swindon Town in a nil-nil draw. As I have said, I'm just going to very quickly, before even going through the game, I'm just going to read out some of these stats because crazy that there was no goal scored in this, first of all, and that Swindon were able to keep a clean sheet. 69% possession for Stockport with obviously 31% for Swindon. 20 shots to eight. Eight shots on target to two. Ten corners to four. I mean, how on earth did a stop for not score? Trust me, they had absolutely plenty of chances, but it was a proper battling performance from Swindon. And they did have some, Swindon had some decent chances themselves, especially one through Zach Elbazetti. That was an absolutely fantastic effort, but unfortunately was unfortunate not to get a goal for the away side. But four games in a row now for Stockport without a victory, as I said, there's some incredible stats. They were able to create some great opportunities, but they're struggling to find the net now. That's three games in a row without scoring for them. Pretty worrying, isn't it, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it certainly is worrying times. I think you'd have to go back to the Tranmere result, and that was kind of the crew result. You can you can excuse crew were on a good run of form, um, localish derby. Uh, I wasn't too surprised with that result. Um, getting beat 4-0 by Tramit, though, is a whole different story. Um, that February as a whole really has been disappointed. They've only won one game and and everyone beats Grimsby, don't they? So uh, so we, we won't we won't count that. And I'm I'm hoping that Brandon doesn't nibble at that. I'm only joking. Um I'm taking a shot um, every time Grimsby are mentioned. <laughs> If you start well, doing that, you might come out with a Matt Level Gillingham t- tape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, Stockport's problem's clear to see, really, um, in terms they're in front of goal in recent weeks. Um, Jack Bycroft, though, yesterday, in excellent form in the Swindon goal. He was probably the reason that Stockport did not score a goal. But you, you do kind of have to worry at the moment, as I said. Um, their February has been really disappointing. Um, even going back to the Harrogate result, where again it was kind of a similar game to yesterday, um, where Stockport were probably the better side, but still on another day, if Saka Bazzetti takes that chance, then then Swindon go away with a with a very very good one nil win at the end of it. But yeah, it's, it's worrying times for Stockport, and as we've all said, you're kind of at a crunch period in the season where. Um, when teams are playing Tuesday, Saturday, you're going to get to a point where the table opens up a little bit and you kind of see where teams are going to finish. But Stockport have got some crucial games coming up. They've got a televised game against Salford um, in the middle of March, another one against MK Dons um, towards the end. They go to Colchester next Saturday, Newport the week after. They're two games on paper. Um, looking at their opponents, you'd really have to bat them to win. But looking at Stockport themselves at the moment, you are kind of thinking if they don't if they don't win them games, then um, they're even looking over their shoulder at automatics um, at the moment. So, yeah, it's a big few weeks for them. It certainly is, and and I guess we kind of stick with that then, Brandon, because this isn't the first time this season that Stockport have had a bit of a slump in form. It very much happened after their incredibly long winning run earlier on in the season, where obviously they built up that big gap up in the lead of the table, but then started to drop a few points and started to lose a bit of that, and like some Mansfield and, and Wrexham as well, and obviously Crew sort of closed that gap. But then they managed to get back to winning ways. But again, now they're in this slump. Is this something that you think they can turn around? 
obviously, as, as Carl was saying, there are some games that are arguably winnable coming up when you're looking at it on paper. Or oh, not really that that means much in this league, let's be honest. But like I say, do do you think this is one that they can turn around and pretty quickly or? I think they fully can turn it around, but I think they'll be at a stage at the moment where they're just really wondering what is the problem? Why aren't we winning? And months ago, we looked at Stockport at the top of the table and thought that's it, that's their position. They looked absolutely untouchable, but now we're getting to a point where Wrexham are three points off them with a game in hand and I think the biggest thing for Stockport to avoid is that Wrexham game at the race course on the last day meaning anything. Like They'll really not want to go into that game promoted and that's what they'll want to turn around before then. But they're also playing a lot of sides that are in that playoff race, that sort of 16th onwards. And yeah, they don't want to be playing against sides that still have something to play for. So, yeah, they need to figure it out fast because some of these sides will be smelling blood and coming for them. But, yeah, they, I think David Chalner will turn it around. I think they have one of the best teams in the league and I don't think their performances have truly dropped off other than the Tramia game. But, yeah, I think they need to buckle up their ideas fast. But I am fully confident they will see out the job and get promoted. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the pack behind them is closing in, so they are very much going to have to be picking up those results pretty soon. I mean, I, it was the back end of January, I believe, I uh, turned around and tipped MK Dons to actually be title winners. Now, it was a, maybe a bit of an outrageous take, but when I said that, I think they were 12 points behind Stockport in, in the lead. That gap's now down to five to Stockport and, you know, five to obviously Mansfield as well, currently in first. So that that, that top five is getting unbelievably close now. So that result has meant that Stockport have lost the lead of the league at the minute as they fall below Mansfield to sit in second place. And Swindon sit pretty comfortably in that 18th place spot. One of those teams that Carl mentioned earlier is not really going to have too much to play for between now and the end of the season. And that is the end of our League 2 look back. Lots of action, both at the top of the table and at the bottom. And of course, in that playoff chasing pack where there just seems to be every other team that is a part of that. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And just one final thing to throw in in place of our Gillingham fan. I'll just say Glenn Morris for England. <laughs> Surprisingly, not the most outrageous Gillingham take that we've had on the podcast. And Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, cheers, Charlie. Um, I've had my outrageous shout calling Hakiba Delican the best player in the world, although I don't think it can be considered too outrageous because he is that good at the moment. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. And I'm looking forward to those end of season awards where we literally do just argue on this podcast whether it's Freddie Draper or Hakiba Delican <laughs> that gets picked. And Brandon can kind of just sit there quietly in the corner considering Grimsby would have been relegated by that point. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much to everyone for listening. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating on the po podcast platform of your choosing. Leave a review as well. Like, share, comment, all of that good stuff. You know how it helps with the algorithms and also lets us know that you're enjoying what it is that you're listening to. Until next week, goodbye.
it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then late on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.